Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, to the uh, special weekly weekday edition, I guess, of the Green Room podcast, uh, joined by uh, Matt Charbonneau. I'm Tony Paul. We're going to look ahead a little bit more to basketball than football, even though Matt is sitting in Happy Valley right now. Probably not so happy, but he's in Happy Valley uh, for the football game. <laughs> for the football game tomorrow or Saturday for Penn State. But uh, uh, a little you know, more. Oh, go ahead. Let me just tell you, the last trip I made for basketball, uh, March whatever last year, was right to this same place. In oh. the same hotel. I don't think I'm in the same room. But it is weird that this was the last trip I made. And then that week, you know, about five days later, everything went to hell. So it's got to be, be really different not having Happy Valley. is. I mean, it's such a different place when the place is full of football people than it is when there's nobody there. It's got to be kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, because I'm not sure they have anything else here in State College other than football, to be honest. Football, <laughs> Judging football, by their attendance yeah. at basketball games. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's well, it, it's weird around town, but when you go in these, I mean, you know this in these arenas, but the football stadiums is the same way, too. It is, it is just weird, man. I, the first football game we were at when someone – Someone intercepted a pass and was running it. And I'm like, well, how come the crowd's not reacting to this? And I'm like, oh, well, that's right. They're not here. So it's well, the it's Michigan long. game, our Michigan game, they played fake crowd music or not music, but fake crowd noise during the game. And at one point I looked at my staff and I said, what the hell is that? Can you have somebody go shut that off? I mean, it, it was ridiculous how bad it was. Yes. Uh, well, um, I guess, you know, probably should have introduced uh, our guest before you just started peppering Matt Charbonneau with questions. But um, we're joined uh, we're joined today, a special guest, because of everything that's going on in the college basketball world right now is bizarre. It's difficult. Um, it's up for debate whether there should be a season. Obviously, comments sparked by uh, Mike Krzyzewski earlier this week. Duke is canceling the rest of the non or not playing any non-conference games. And he questions almost whether there should be a season at the moment. So it's a lot going on in the college basketball world, but um, one team that hasn't missed a game, interestingly, is Oakland University, uh, and they play at Michigan State on Sunday in the uh, longstanding rivalry game between uh, Tom Izzo and Greg Campy. We're joined by Oakland coach Greg Campy. Greg, thanks for joining us. How you doing? I like that Christmas tree in the background that people can't see, but it is nice. Well, see, I, I just jumped on anyways. I thought I'd already been introduced. I thought, you know, this this was like a segment that was coming yeah, no, up. So I didn't is, know. No, no, there's no professionalism with head. this whatsoever. <laughs> we uh, we do this on the fly, so it's all good. It's That's all what good. podcasts are back about. I'm not sure what's behind you and your screen there. It looks like the flag uh, of yeah, some we got a, we got a, we got a rainbow flag back there. We got a Tiger Stadium clock. Uh, we got a few different things. So, yeah, and Charbonneau's got the wonderful background of his uh, – Hundred Marriott of the year, so yeah, uh, <laughs> the beautiful, beautiful State College uh, Spring Hill Marriott. And, and real quick, Greg, just so you know, 
Um, you'll hear the crowd noise at Breslin on Sunday too. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's more just kind of like a like a white noise background. I don't think it reacts really to what's happening. No, um, just a buzz, and you, it's yeah. like this loud buzz, and it's like it's what is it there for? You know, it's I, all for I, it's all for TV. It's all for TV. So the TV is well, just, I know too, they, just the squeaking yeah. of the sneakers and, and the yelling of the players. They, they're doing they it all for TV. They need somebody yelling, Campy, would you please take a timeout? <laughs> then it would be realistic. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I think at Michigan State they wanted that plus music during breaks or whatever because um, uh, I don't think Tom Izzo loves everyone hearing what he has to say in the timeouts. Um, usually that's reserved for a few people right near the bench, but uh, – you can hear a little clearer now. Well, it's the so, same with Campy. Campy yeah. Campy's voice used to carry onto the Oakland broadcasts uh, in vulgar fashion on occasion until he caught wind of it and uh, moved the microphones a little bit further away from his uh, his office space there on the floor at the arena. Um, anyway, so uh, really quickly, we're going to get into the Michigan State game, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the landscape in general. But, um, Greg, I told you this today, talking to Tom Izzo during his press conference today, Talking, he was talking about you, and he and he said that his staff had informed him that they were about to play the best. Uh, let me see if I have this quote exactly right: the best zero and sixteen in the history of the world. Thoughts? <laughs> and I I had not heard that until you told me, and um, you know that that's an interesting quote. I, I I'm mad. <laughs> That he got it. Oh, you know, I would have, that's one I would have liked to have come up with. So um, that's a very interesting quote. That, but the fact of the matter is, is there's an 06 there. And no matter what you say, that's what we are. And uh, we can't change that. So we don't can make it 07 or 1 and 6. So we'll right. see what happens. Well, he, 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 he considered it a compliment. And I think that I would consider it a compliment too. And the, and the point being, you guys, uh, you know, had your COVID outbreak before the season. I guess if you're going to choose whether they have the COVID outbreak before the season or during the season, you guys made the right choice. So kudos on that. Uh, but you had it before the season. You had limited practice time. You go down to the Toledo or the Xavier MTE and have a tough time down there. And then you come to Michigan, you go to overtime, and you played Oklahoma State tough. And so he's saying that this is a team that's a, a dangerous team. He likes a lot of your pieces. I guess uh, where are you now? going into this Michigan state game, as opposed to where you were before that tip off for that Xavier game, where you guys lost the season opener by 52. Well, we were down 53 to 12 or 52 to 12 after the first half of basketball. And I could have predicted, I would not know if I'd have predicted 52 to 12, but I would have predicted it was going to be a lot to a little <laughs> when you go and play a team like that with, you know, they're undefeated. I think they're six and all, and they just had a great win. They beat Oklahoma by 20. Mm -hmm. So you know, they're a good basketball team and we're, we had three practices and, and the best way I can describe this is our games are like practices. And the great thing about that and the reason we're improving and getting better. And, and I think Izzo sees that is because we, we can't simulate in practice the six, seven foot one center for Michigan scoring against us in the late game in the post. We can't simulate Oklahoma State's size and quickness. So we get to practice against that, get film and learn and grow. And knowing that, that hey, we got to back off from this and realize we didn't have any practices. And the biggest, Tony, the biggest thing that I can say about the this, what we've gone through was in the Michigan game. 
And, you know, we come out, we've got, a, I think, a three or four point lead in the second half. And Michigan goes to a zone. And my players look over at the bench like, what's this? And I'm like, put my hands in the air, just play. You know, I actually use the phrase, it's a pickup game, just play. Because we had not seen a zone, practiced against a zone, have his own offense or anything because we had three days of practice. So you can't do everything in those three days. And who would have ever thought Michigan would zone us? Mm. So, you know, and that affected the game. They jumped into the lead. Now we did get back and get the lead. So I can't say it was the difference, but we've gone through that on numerous occasions in this, where we've hit things in the game that we haven't been able to practice. Mm. It's hard to play a team like Oklahoma state with two inbounds plays with their athleticism and the, the way they can deny and things like that. So we fought through that and it's made our team grow. It's made our team appreciate practice. It's made our team understand how important practice is. And they, this week, we've got a week of practice and they've come to practice. I mean, they, they have, it's, it's been really fun and really good. So is it ideal? No, but is it something that's maybe made this team, you know, a chance to be a pretty good team and maybe, uh, brought it together. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to really help us. It's, it's unique and they've handled it great. You, you asked, you're talking about how, how little you guys were able to practice during that time at all. Are you able to look at anything anyone else has done? Because I know Tom's talked a lot about early on, you, there's not a lot of film on other teams to watch either. So is that kind of a double-edged sword as well? Not only are you working on yourself, you haven't had much to see of other teams, you know, <laughs> what's that like as well? That's really weird. I mean, we started practice. Now, remember this. Our first games, the only team that had the same restrictions that we did was Michigan. And I'm not sure they did because our governor deemed a shutdown in the summer. And all gyms were shut down. Oakland University deemed the arena and our rec center a public space. So we could not practice. We could not shoot. Our kids, the only basketball they could touch was on outdoor courts. Now, Michigan's got a practice facility. Michigan State have practice facilities. And it's my understanding that those universities deem that practice facility as a private thing. So their kids were able to shoot. We were shut down the whole summer. Then September gets here. We start. We can do some one-on-one and stuff. We start October 14th. And we have no game, no exhibition games, no anything until November 25th. Those are the rules. And I think that's what Tom's talking about. And, you know, by now you would have played an exhibition game, a black white game, whatever, you know, played Hillsdale, played, you know, Northern Michigan, who Tom, you know, play them. And then we'll get those tapes or you'll have a close scrimmage or something like that against another division one team. And you can learn about your team can't do couldn't do that this year so I think that's what they're talking about and yeah that really affected those teams didn't matter to us because we spent 21 days locked in rooms and the the thing that came out of that Matt that I am shocked by that I would have never guessed is here you've got these well-conditioned high-level athletes who you would think oh we miss a few days they'll come back and in a day or two everything will be great and you sit them for 21 days, the conditioning, 
and the lack of the, they, it was like they lost, like somebody came in and pulled their athleticism out of their body. Um, the pulled their brains out because they would get tired and just the old Vince Lombardi fatigue makes a coward of us all. I saw that. And it, it, it was remarkable to, to witness because you, I could, you know, me, I'm going to yell and scream and call them names and challenge their manhood and stuff. I, I didn't do it. I did not do it because it, it, it was all of them. It was just, I'd never seen anything like it. And that was the big thing about that. that I would have never guessed that. All right. So let's dive right into this. Then that's a pretty good transition because we have this weird, bizarre season. Obviously last season ends when it does no NCAA tournament, long summer of uncertainty. What's going to happen? Like you said, you guys couldn't get in the gym. Many other schools in the state of Michigan couldn't get into their gym. They don't have the separate practice facilities. You go into this, you know, you guys have your COVID outbreak, you know, for two weeks, three weeks, you're shut down. You can't practice. You go into the season with basically no practice, no set plays, you know, just go out there and play because you haven't practiced. You go out there and you get your doors blown off the first three games. Uh, and then around the country, you're seeing games canceled. Uh, it just all this upheaval and it's only getting worse, it seems. So the question that was posed to, you know, a lot of coaches this week because of the comments made by Mike Krzyzewski yesterday, where he said that they're going to stop non-conference play. He wants to focus on the kids and the mental health, and he just doesn't think it's worth it right now to, that maybe basketball shouldn't be the focus. Other coaches have pushed back, including you. Um, why is it worth it given everything that's going on right now? And uh, you know, all the upheaval, all the uncertainty, I know what you're going to say, but I want you to say it. Um, why, why is this worth it? Well, Again, I want to say with all due respect to those coaches, and I'm not right, and they're not right, and I, it, these are opinions. My opinion is he shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have said those things. My opinion is that, you know what, shut down. If you firmly believe that, then there are schools that have shut down. So shut down. And across this country, in the NCAA offices and commissioner's offices in league offices in athletic director's offices, people have spent hours upon days upon hours putting in place guidelines because we saw what happened with football. We saw how everybody went in different directions and we wanted to get it right. So we put all these guidelines in, and I'm going to tell you, Tony, the safest place for these kids is that is our arena or those those gyms. One of the things that Coach K said that contradicted it in, in all, in my opinion, just completely contradicted was I want them, you know, I worry about their safety. I worry about this and I want them to go home for Christmas. Well, that's the worst thing you can do. And, and that's what all the governors in every state, all the medical people are saying, don't have Thanksgiving, don't have Christmas. My mom's 94 years old and I'm gonna Zoom call her on Christmas. And she may not make it to 95, mm -hmm. but there's a real chance if I take my boys and we all go there like we do every year, she for sure won't make it. So, you know, that just contradicts itself. Right. With everything that's in place, from the testing to the tier one in the arena, the, the athletic department at Oakland University is locked. 
You cannot get in there without a key, without being ushered in. When you are ushered in, your temperature is taken. You must be masked. You must follow, You must have filled out a thing that says, I'm not sick. I don't feel bad. I, you know, I haven't been around anybody with, I mean, it's, it's off the charts what we make people do just to walk in that building. Mm-hmm. Our athletes have to COVID test every morning, 8 a.m. They're there every morning. One of the things that Ward Manuel at Michigan said during that Michigan, you know, not playing Ohio State, and it, and I don't know if Joe Average fan understood this, but it was the the most honest thing that a guy could say is he goes, our football players got up at 6:30 every morning to come get tested. Now, when you were an 18 to 22 year old college student, did you ever even want to get up at 6:30? Did you ever even see 6.30? And these kids for for months have been getting up and going in there at 6.30. Now they might turn around and go back and go to bed. But the commitment of the athlete, and and if you haven't had the COVID test, it's not real comfortable. And it's every day. And these kids want to do it. My kids that were quarantined spent 14 to 21 days locked in a room. They couldn't leave. They studied. They had food brought into them. Talk, let's talk about mental health. Well, yeah, you said, you told me that they didn't, yeah, they, they had food delivered. They couldn't even basically choose what they got to eat. They just, you know, no, they just, no, they, got, was, they just, whatever was there was what they were eating. Right. And our university, as all universities, not Oakland, everybody is saying, look, if you break the protocol, you're out. Mm-hmm. You will be suspended for a semester. You're out because you, you can't have a, a student. You can't have a dorm for kids with COVID and then they're out walking around. You can't have a isolation where you could be giving it to somebody and have them walking around. So they had to follow protocol. Yeah. And we were as a staff. I wasn't because I was in protocol, but the pe- my people were monitoring it to make sure they weren't, mm-hmm. um, you know, leaving or, or anything like that. And to get in and out of the dorm, you got to swipe your card. So as soon as somebody would swipe to go out, the whole world knew. So the mental health of that, I mean, just think about that when you were 18, 20 years old. Now, these kids are here to play basketball. Yes, the education, you know, we sell that education is your vehicle to get your degree, your basketball. But every kid that comes to play Division One basketball thinks they're going to make money playing basketball, and that's what they're here for. And their life has been put to this. And, Tony, I don't know about you, but I've told people in my life, if I could go back to college and spend those four years again, I'd give up everything but probably my children to, to do that <laughs> because yeah. those were the four greatest years of anybody's life. I mean, think about what you get to do without responsibility, right? (laughs) And so these kids are missing out on that. And to Mm -hmm. say they shouldn't be playing is just asinine. Just asinine that they shouldn't be playing when we've created the safety net for them that's safer than anywhere else. Are people going to get shut down? Of course they are, because until the vaccine's out, and even maybe then, people are going to get this because it's airborne and and I don't want to get into the political side of it. I don't want to get into the medical side and the beliefs of it, but have being someone that's had it and thinking, I know how I contacted it is it's happening. It's going to happen is you can be the safest person there is and you still may end up getting it. Right. And so 
putting them in an environment where we know what's going on, where they have immediate, if they do get sick, they have immediate help to get through it. I mean, you can't believe when I got it, what our training staff and what our doctors and all that, I mean, there was a day I took 33 pills one day, 33, you know, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin this, 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 a steroid, this. And so it's there where, you know, we're there to protect them. Now, are they playing and they're getting to reach their dreams in a weird way? Yes. And in a weird way, no. You know, we're playing Michigan State on national TV Saturday or Sunday. Now, mom and dad aren't going to be there, you know, but they're still they get a chance to chase that dream. And and that's our job. So I I have a real hard time with people saying they shouldn't be doing it. If you truly believe that, then don't. But the reason they won't is because they know their kids want to play. Right. Yeah, uh, you know, I think there are different takes from the from the Coach K thing. I, I agree with you in that I didn't understand him talking about his kids going home for the holidays um, when you're talking about health and safety. That that seems counterproductive to what the message is you're trying to sell. Um, but you know, I get I get where some of these some of the coaches are coming from. It's a frustrating season for everybody. But you make mention, and Tom Izzo made mention of it today. Um, my dogs haven't barked yet. Those are not my dogs, by the way. That's mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Tom Izzo made mention of it today, and you just made you touched on it briefly. Uh, and we talked to Josh Langford from Michigan State, and I think it, it, this is an issue that hasn't been talked about much, but it's starting to be. Is the mental health aspect? If these kids clearly are in a better place if they're playing basketball, I think most people would agree with that. Well, the other issue, the other issue too, is once. You know, like at Michigan State, you're playing and you're and you're going through all this. What do they do? What do they do now? Yeah, they're not stuck. They don't have to be stuck in the room for three weeks as if they had it. But what else do you have right now besides basketball and being stuck in your room? So, you know, like at Michigan State, they're trying to have some stuff there just within the team just to get these guys out of their apartment, get them, you know, have something other than just go to practice, come home and sit down. It's, it's really a challenging time, It's it, I think people are finding. And I, I think that's got to be as big of a thing for you guys as, as you go forward. It's could, yes, you're in a safe environment, but, but how do you keep these guys mentally engaged and not, you know, not kind of hurt them that way too? Well, think, let's look at it globally and let's look at it in the big picture because one of the things people, there are, there's a facet of people out there that say, why should college basketball players, you know, they should be home. Globally, during this pandemic, suicide levels off the charts, alcoholism off the charts, divorce off the charts, all those mental health issues, not just players, but all of us, you know, every person is dealing with this. If you live by yourself, or if you don't live by yourself and you live with somebody and it's just the two of you and, you know, months of just to, I mean, it's causing mental problems for everybody. Our job is to deal with the student athlete and their mental health is something that, well, Tony just said, it's just starting to come out. It's something we've talked about since March. It is now publicly starting to come out too, because for some reason, everybody always wants to hush, hush mental health because it's just something you don't want to talk about, but the suicide rates, the, the alcoholism rates, those things are now all these stats are coming out and people are realizing that 
this pandemic has, has done this. So any way we can help with the mental health of our athletes, that's, that's our job. And getting them in competition is paramount. Now, in our case, we're all in six and I'm starting to find, you know, a couple of kids are I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of this. And so I, I called a couple of kids that said that to me and I said, oh, Hey, I'm putting next year's schedule together. Do you want me to get rid of Michigan, Michigan state, Oklahoma state, uh, Xavier? And, and they go, no. And I go, then being on six, isn't that bad. All right. If we're on six in the league, then you and I will have a conversation. So, you know, the whole thing is the mental side of, of it. You know, and everything you do has got a side to it. But to sit there and say that we shouldn't be playing or that I just think is wrong. In in our world, in our section, we're trying to to take care of our students and our athletes. And is it the right thing to do? Is it the wrong thing to do? It's everything's debatable at this time in the world. But I think the people within athletics feel it is the right thing to do. And we're, and we're going to push forward. When a guy like Coach K speaks out, though, it makes people take pause. Well, I mean, people, um, when, the, when the dean of college basketball speaks, people are going to listen. Right. People are going to have opinions. Um, uh, and, and I'm not saying, you know, whatever, whatever, everything he said in that video was wrong. I think it was an, I think it was a sincere, you know, speech from him. I think he believed what he was saying. I think he's really worried about his kids. And that's fine. Everyone could go a different way. My question to you, though, you just mentioned the 0-6. And having to talk to everyone that's in sports, it was competitive. You want to win. Um, but I've heard this thing, and I think I heard it from you, and I even kind of heard it from Josh Langford today when we were talking with him. Um, this year is so weird that it's almost like wins and losses, while they matter, they don't matter as much as they used to. Do you understand that? Do you get that? Well, I've tried to preach that to my staff. Mm-hmm. To our fans. And by the way, that's I'm, easy. And, and that's easy for you guys to say being 0 and 6, but I'm, I'm hearing that from the MSU side too. So it's not just you guys. It's I've heard that from a few different sides where winning just doesn't, it's we, we're, we're loving that we're playing, but winning isn't everything right now, just because everything that's going on. I've been doing Zoom calls with our season ticket holders and that. And, and one of the things I've told them is, you know, we didn't have to play those first three games. I mean, right. and if we were worried about the record or winning, we wouldn't have. But the, we need to get the players on the court. And um, so I'm trying to preach that let's get to March. And this whole season isn't – got to play 13 games to be NCAA tournament eligible. You don't have to win 13 games. you got to <laughs> play 13 games. And that's our whole focus. Let's get to 13 games. Then let's start worrying about winning. And then when March gets here – Let's hope that the world's back on its axis and everything's going right. And then let's worry about winning that. Let's grow and get better. And what, what the world's got to understand is that the NCAA gave every athlete a get out of jail card free. They gave every coach a get out of jail card free. You do not have to play. You do not have to do anything this year. They can't take your scholarship. They're not going to fire you because you, if I decided because of my health problems and that I was not going to coach this year, Oakland couldn't tell me I can't, we can't do that. You know, I was protected. Coaches are protected. Athletes are protected. Nobody's scholarship can be taken because they didn't want to play this year. And if you do play, you get an extra year of eligibility. So that get out of jail card 
was given to everybody. So let's use the year to grow and have fun and enjoy. And that's what, what we're trying to preach. Now, when March gets here, winning and losing is important. One of the things I will say about Coach K on a positive side of this is that he was someone that advocated for no non-league games before we played. You know, he did a couple of people were saying, you know, you lost a couple of games and now, you know, he advocated no non-league games. So it's not, this wasn't just out of the clear blue sky. He said this again. I, my problem with it all is that he's the voice. I mean, him, Izzo, Calipari, there's about self, there's about five or six coaches out there that the world knows. And when they speak, the basketball world listens. And so I, I was disappointed. That's all. Yeah. I think the basketball world does listen. And I think it, it sparked a, a good debate. Uh, because with everything that's going on right now, there is a debate. I mean, the numbers are, you know, the numbers are rising and it's tough and you guys might have some games canceled and who knows how or when we're going to get to the NCAA tournament. So I, I think the debate is good, but I, I tend to, I tend to side with you in that, you know, if you don't want to do it, and this is what Izzo said too, if that program doesn't want to do it and they don't think it's right for them, that's fine. But for Izzo and for you, it sounds like the same thing. Izzo said today that playing basketball is the best thing for us. So uh, we'll leave it there. We'll see what happens with the NCAA tournament. I'm getting the message from Zoom that we have 10 minutes left, and that's it. Uh, so um, uh, I, I want to just touch quickly on this game. Obviously, this game is a big game for you every year. You guys have played Michigan State now 18 times since 1998. It's big on your schedule. You've, uh, you, um, you have a low winning percentage against Michigan State. <laughs> is a lack of a percentage oh, there, yeah. we do not have a low percentage we yeah. have <laughs> yeah. uh, but there have been some great games over the years uh obviously uh, the one that comes to mind the k felder the layup that rolled around the rim in 2015 at the palace for what seemed like five minutes before it didn't fall and you guys go to overtime and you lose and there's been some other close games um how much does this game keep you up at night throughout the course of a season thinking, uh, looking ahead to it, you know, whenever, like how much do you think about this game? Is it as much as we believe you do? Cause we're under the impression that you think about this game a lot. You want the truth. Yeah. We'd like the truth. That's, that's key. You're right. It does. <laughs> I have nightmares of that shot rolling around the rim. I remember I, it seemed uh, like forever that ball just rolled around. <laughs> It, it might be in the middle of July and I'll wake up at three in the morning one night having dreamed of that. It is, they were number one in the country and what that would have done, it wouldn't have hurt them at all, but it would have changed the course. You know, there's, there's a couple things that have changed the course of Oakland basketball over time. One was Pierre Duke's shot that put us in the first NCAA tournament. And that itself would have changed the course, you know, to beat the number one team in the country the donations, the, we'd have a practice facility probably now. I mean, just things like that, that I dream about and think about that I'm trying to change. And I know we don't have much time, but I'll tell you a quick story. And this is, I've spent a lifetime at Oakland trying to, to fix this. So I went into uh, one of my associate head coach, Jeff Smith's a big golfer. And so I went into Carl's yesterday to buy him a Christmas gift. And uh, well, what was it? The, <laughs> well, what was it? You want to spoil uh, it? <laughs> I ended up, I ended up just getting him a gift card. Uh, fair but enough. I walk in there, and of course, those are athletic people. So 
you walk in there and all, I mean, if 75 people were in there, 74 came up and wanted to talk. They wanted to talk about the Michigan game. They wanted to talk about, you know, and, and those conversations always turn into, I'm a big Oakland fan. I'm this, I'm this, but why did you, you know, and then, you know, so they all turn to that and they're all, I, I went to Oakland. I'm an Oakland fan. Ever since that game at the palace that year, I've become an old, I mean, I heard 50 people say that. And then as they're doing the, you know, they're uh, doing my credit card to pay for it. I look up above the guy and there's putter covers and there's Michigan, Michigan state, the Pistons, the Red Wings, the Lions, the Tigers, where Ohio state. And I look at the guy and go, you're an Oakland grad. Why in the hell is it there in Oakland putter cover head up here? You know, and that's what we fight. Yeah. And I fight it every freaking day, Tony. <laughs> and I'm going to die fighting it. But winning that game would help change that. Maybe yeah. not, but in my mind, it would. So when you ask why I, because it's the state of Michigan and it's where Oakland belongs and getting our just and where we deserve and what our kids deserve. In that Michigan game, we lost in overtime. You know, if we would have hung on and won that game, how many Oakland students, how many Oakland fans could have gone home at Thanksgiving and socially distanced, bragged about beating the University of Michigan and having to hear that crap about how Michigan will beat the hell out of you and blah. And our guys could have just been so proud of that. And that's what drives me. It yeah. isn't about anything else but that. I, yeah. I'll say this. I remember that Palace game. Well, obviously, and you go to a lot of post-game press conferences and you see coaches at various levels of emotion. Greg was, I mean, you seemed literally crushed in that post-game. And, and I'll say this, I bet if you ask Tom and say, you know what, if you can go back, would it really have bothered you that much if you lost that game? I don't think it would have. I mean, at, in the moment, yes, he's a competitor and doesn't want to lose a game. I, I'm certain right now he would he would have been fine with that hat. Oh, I get no. I get, I am of the belief that Tom Izzo wants to lose one of these games because he's tired of. I think he feels the pressure of being undefeated against you. I honestly believe that. I think he kind of secretly he's not going to force the game to be lost. But I I agree with Matt. I don't think it would bother him because I think he feels the pressure every year because of that big goose egg up there, a goose egg that doesn't you know it doesn't tell the whole story because there've been some good games over the years. One of the one of the best things that I've ever heard in my coaching career and is what at my cancer event last summer when Tom was speaking at, at the at the uh, hospital with all the kids and everything there and he you know he thanked me for having this event and how great of an event it was it wasn't that it wasn't thanking me what he said was our rivalry with Oakland yeah. is and then he raved about that and when he said rivalry I felt, I felt that was a big step into what I just talked about with the putter covers and things like that, that uh, the hall of fame coach, you know, Bo Schembechler, when I was growing up was Michigan, right? In this day and age, it's Tom Izzo. He's the name in college sports. No matter what sport it is, the name everybody talks about, the name everybody knows. And so for him to say that, I felt like we we got a half a putter, putter cover up there. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're making <laughs> steps to to do what I, just what I've been trying to accomplish in in this long career that I've had. And so that was 
to hear him say that when the, the, the truth of the matter is how is a game of rivalry when you have a zero win percentage, right? But for him to say that, and I, I think he was sincere, you know, I, I think he really was sincere and I don't think it had anything to do with our friendship. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe in the back of his, but I really think that he respects what our kids have done against his kids and how intense those games are. I will tell you this, there's a referee out there who is one of the top officials in the country who happens to be a friend of mine who let me know two years ago, I'm never doing another Oakland Michigan state game because that game is a war and you have no chance as a referee in the game. And, uh, and that in it, that's another thing. Those are, those are notches in your belt that you, when you, as a coach, when you hear something like that, that's meaningful. Some guy on the street saying, Hey, I love your team. I and then you walk away and it says, Hey, that, that asshole, you know, I don't, those things don't move me, but when a referee says something like that, that moves me. And so we've made progress, which is not where I'd want to be. Well, the latest installment of Michigan state Oakland. And I, and honestly, I mean, you could take the obvious rivals in the state of Michigan, Michigan, Michigan state, Western Michigan central, but I think Oakland, you Oakland and Michigan basketball is not far behind. It's a, it's a game that college basketball fans in the state of Michigan are going to watch, even if they didn't go to Michigan State, even if they didn't go to Oakland. If you're a fan of college basketball, that's a game that you do want to watch every year. A lot of times it's very exciting. Sometimes it's not, but a lot of times, especially in recent years, it has been good. We're expecting it to be another good game on Sunday. Izzo is, at least, being the best uh, 0-6 team in the world. Um, so he's expecting a good game. Uh, yeah, both, both teams have had not plenty of time to prepare, too. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan State I obviously do, I, have their game off. I do have a question for both Tony and Matt. We got 90 if, seconds, so you got to make it right, fast. Quickly, if oh. Oakland wins the game, mm-hmm. if Oakland wins the game, having lost an overtime in Chrysler and having won at Breslin, would you put in your power rankings a one in seventeen or one in six team as the best team in the state? No, That's no, my question. No, no. No, I'm, I'm going to go really quickly. I don't need a minute to answer this. No, I won't. <laughs> but I do believe I do believe you can Both win the games game. We're on the road. I do believe you can win the game. I do believe you can win the game. Um, but it would, be uh, our, it would be our first installment of the state rankings, and maybe we'd have to have them. No, I have them. They're, they're in my college notes. Do you not read our paper? Um, well, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Greg, I'll make a deal with you. If you win that game on Sunday, then the following week's college notes for at least one week, I'll put a one and seven or one and six Oakland team up there. But that's How it. Can it not be? We would have <laughs> won at the Breslin and lost in overtime. All right, we'll discuss this. What if more the games were at the arena? <laughs> well, that's different. That's different. All right. We got to go. Zoom, we're too cheap to pay for the upgrade. Uh, this is Tony Paul, Matt Sharpener. You can cover or check out all our stuff from Oakland, Michigan State on Sunday. Greg. Good luck on Sunday, and thanks for your insight uh, on the Green Room Podcast. Thanks, Greg. All right, see you guys on the poker table. All right, see ya.